Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization in government, underwritten this week by IBM. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we're talking about how leaders in government have had to respond in innovative ways to tackle a variety of sudden challenges arising in recent weeks from the global pandemic. And we'll explore how it's possible to capitalize on innovation to forge the future of government. Our guest today is Jay Bellissimo, General Manager for U.S. Public and Federal Market at IBM. Jay currently leads IBM's collaborative efforts with public sector agencies across the federal government and across the United States. Jay is recognized as a thought leader in business strategy and transformation, AI, and cloud technology solutions as well. He has led a variety of innovative initiatives for IBM across the globe over his 18 years at IBM, including IBM's cognitive process transformation business and Watson Cloud and Platform Unit. Jay, thanks for joining us and welcome to the program. Thanks, Wyatt. First, I hope everyone listening is well, staying safe and taking good care of themselves and others. But it's great to be here and I'm eager to dig in. Well, Jay, you get to meet regularly with cabinet leaders in federal government, as well as state governors and many other program leaders in the public sector. All of them, no doubt, have been in the throes of extraordinary circumstances, trying to adjust to the impact of the pandemic. But many of them have also shown remarkable resolve to try to deploy innovative solutions. Can you share some examples of some of the innovation in government that you're seeing and what's impressed you most about these efforts? Well, let me start with what we learned from clients, which became a framework for our approach in working with clients during this pandemic. And three things quickly emerged from all my interactions with many of the the clients you referenced. The first was really empathy, the second urgency, and the third around assurance. On empathy, you know, clients needed someone to listen, understand their challenges, and propose and implement solutions designed for their unique situations. And quickly after that was the urgency. I'll never forget those first couple of calls from senior executives from different agencies and organizations. And they wanted to talk in hours. They didn't have days. So I'm going to give you some examples in just a minute. And lastly, on assurance, you know, organizations, both in the public and private markets, wanted some assurance from us that we know how to navigate to what's next, because the reality is a lot of people were overwhelmed with those first couple of weeks, those first 30 days. And we spent a lot of time just really navigating. So what's next? Because this is going to be a long-term journey. It's not a two-month, three-month. This is going to be a, a multi-year journey together. So back to a couple of examples. Children's Healthcare of Atlanta was a good one for me personally. Their problem was they were overwhelmed with the volume of pandemic-related incoming calls to their nurse stations. They needed a solution in hours, not days. And it was a Sunday when I received a call from their CIO, and she was reiterating that they needed help with one of their protocols, protocol being nothing more than when different concerned citizens will call into a hospital and they have a series of questions that maybe they have a, a child who might be sick and they wanted to know whether or not they might have COVID-19. So that's a protocol, and we quickly implemented Watson Assistant for them to manage the calls so that frontliners like nurses could focus on care, not calls. Another good example is the University of Arkansas for medical science, who needed a virtual agent so that citizens could get their questions answered quickly about testing, symptoms, or resources. Information is sent automatically to a mobile COVID-19 triage clinic electronically to help speed response. Average registration time has been reduced by 50% for those using the agent, which makes a big difference, as we can all appreciate in times like this. 
Another example specific to the federal market that I've personally been involved in is around our work with the Veterans Benefits Administration. IBM was engaged to help transform their VA benefits claim processing by leveraging all their data. I mean, just think of all the data that's being collected, both internally as well as externally. Think of the CDC guidelines and, and all sorts of data that's out in, in the public domain. And so by leveraging all of this data, automation, and other exponential technologies to streamline how they can more quickly respond and service veterans seeking assistance, nothing more important. In effect, we help them reimagine the way work will be done moving forward. And we talk about why this innovation is significant for what it illustrates about the potential to transform governments faster than many would have thought possible. And that is just so impactful and exciting for all of us to really make that difference. In addition, while many IBM clients, you know, including those in the public sector, have made significant progress in their journeys to cloud and IT modernization, others have been slower to get the ball rolling. The pandemic, however, has really catalyzed those actions because every organization might be a little different, but I don't think they really had an option given the gravity of the situation with the pandemic. So what we've heard from clients was that they were surprised both by how easy it was to innovate on the fly and how relatively inexpensive. Also, because of the urgency around the pandemic, clients have been able to realize benefits in almost real time, which is so, so very important, especially those who have implemented technology that allows direct constituent engagement, freeing up employees to address pressing issues. And as far as long-term implications, I'm convinced that clients like those some of whom have only just started modernizing, will be more likely to continue to embrace solutions that drive citizen engagement and lead to sustainable outcomes. Well, as you were hearing these stories, what was your sense of the ingredients at work besides sheer necessity that prompted taking maybe a more innovative response rather than the way government has traditionally tried to solve big problems? Well, I'd say up front, I mean, necessity played a very big role in many of the government responses. You know, many clients were already what we would call innovators. They were out there first movers, some were fast followers, but they were innovating. They just needed to push and accelerate to enable their response to the pandemic. And for those clients who weren't so far along in their digital reinventions, I think they felt more comfortable going from zero to 60 in a second because they were assured of custom tailored solutions that could be delivered much quicker than they thought possible and for a lot less money. On that last point, we were able to offer clients Watson Assistant for Citizens for free for 90 days, which relieved some of the burden traditionally associated with procurement and just sped everything up because that's what was needed. Again, we were talking about hours, not days and weeks. In fact, Carlos Jimenez, the mayor of Miami-Dade County, will be speaking at our upcoming ThinkGov Summit July 1st about how Miami-Dade deployed Watson assistance to handle citizen inquiries about COVID-19, among other things. And Carlos will be joining Ginny Rometty, now our executive chairman and previously our CEO, together with Jessica Tisch, the commissioner of New York City's Department of IT, who will share how New York City quickly deployed technology to students for remote learning. Well, Jay, shifting gears a little, you've been a longtime champion for what IBM calls the cognitive enterprise. What are we really talking about as that's applied to the mission and work of government? And again, can you point to an example of where that's forging the future of government? Well, the cognitive enterprise is really a next generation business architecture. 
It fundamentally emerged because the convergence of new exponential technologies, such as artificial intelligence, automation, the Internet of Things, blockchain, and 5G. And it has the power to change business models, reinvent processes, and reimagine the, the way we all work together and the way their processes work, not just within their organization, but also across the ecosystem that they might participate in. Hybrid cloud-based, open architecture, fully enabled to introduce high-value technologies such as AI, blockchain, and automation tools so that data-driven decisions are the default. Any organization, whether public or private, small or large, can become a cognitive enterprise. VBA, as I mentioned earlier, is well on its way to becoming a cognitive enterprise. VBA's Undersecretary for Benefits, Dr. Paul Lawrence, will join us at ThinkGov for a keynote discussion with IBM's Mark Foster about the imperative of the cognitive enterprise. Think about Medicare, Apollo, rebuilding Europe after World War II, prepping for, managing, and recovering for natural disasters. All of these are the result of government's partnership with the industry. And it's never been more apparent that agility and unity are necessary to meet unprecedented events like a pandemic. That's why it's incumbent upon industry to continuously work together to find ways to build on the partnership and design and deliver innovative solutions to emerging challenges. And it's why we're working so closely with clients on the cognitive enterprise. It's what will enable them for the future, even as it enables them now. Well, following up on this idea of forging the future of government, I understand the IBM Center for Business of Government has just released some new research on this topic. What are some top-line takeaways for federal IT leaders and senior executives? IBM Center for the Business of Government commissioned Alan Shark, Executive Director of the Public Technology Institute, to develop a report called Innovation in Emerging Technologies in Government, Keys to Success. Why do we do this? You know, as the government leverages emerging technologies for both COVID and longer term transformations, we wanted to initiate a discussion of what it takes for people to truly innovate, to truly have an impact on how we can help each other drive to that next level of transformation that's going to be required in times like this. What stories can be told about successful leaders who are embracing this emerging technology suite and taking their agencies forward? And how do those lessons translate across the government to others who want to follow in their footsteps? During his interview for the research, Alan learned about how several federal agencies, including the General Services Administration and the Census Bureau, to name a few, operate technology investment programs that work much like venture capital firms in the private sector. Programs like these allow innovators to start small, they provide seed funding for pilots and demos, and apply stage gating and other management techniques that test an idea's viability before full planning and implementation. As well, these programs allow for expansion as solutions mature. So start small, but go fast and iterate and then go bigger. And then with that, you're going to have the opportunity to scale these solutions across your organization, which is going to have a tremendous impact. David Shive, Chief Information Officer at GSA, and Barbie Robinson, Director of Health Services, Sonoma County, California, will join Alan and Dan Chenick, Executive Director of IBM's Center for the Business of Government at ThinkGov. They'll share more about how their respective agencies are innovating with hybrid cloud, AI, blockchain, and the Internet of Things and data analytics. Again, I am super excited because of the impact that this group has already had. And best of all, it's this partnership between IBM and all the different agencies. And it's a great forum to exchange ideas and experiences as well as best practices. 
Well, I understand you and your IBM colleagues have assembled really a, a remarkable lineup of government innovators at this upcoming IBM Think of Digital Summit, again, taking place on July 1st. And who are some of the individuals you're expecting to hear from? And what types of case studies will they be talking about that our audience might be interested to know more about? Well, I've mentioned some of our great client speakers we have lined up earlier, including, again, Miami-Dade County Mayor Carlos Jimenez, Jessica Tisch, Commissioner of IT, New York City, and Dr. Paul Lawrence from VBA. I've had the good fortune of spending a lot of time with Dr. Lawrence in particular about his vision for the VA benefits and how he is going to take it to the next level. And it's just so exciting, the transformation all of these leaders are driving within their organizations. In addition, Suzette Kent, federal CIO, Anil Cherian from GSA, Colonel Bob Kinney from the Joint AI Center, as well as clients from DHS, the U.S. Postal Service, the FBI, NASA, and other agencies will be joining us as well. And on the IBM side, we've really got the dream team this year. In addition to Ginny, IBM CEO Arvind Krishna will open ThinkGov at 11 a.m. Arvin will discuss building resiliency into your organizations and networks in response to COVID-19. And he'll talk about the imperative for hybrid cloud and AI as the primary forces driving digital transformation across the public and private sectors. We'll talk with IBM's president, Jim Whitehurst, Red Hat's vice president of public sector, Paul Smith, Dr. John Kelly, who many listeners will remember for sure from past ThinkGovs. He's going to share best practices we and our clients have learned over the last several weeks from the COVID-19 response. And Mark Foster, Senior Vice President of IBM Services, will share the virtual stage with Dr. Paul Lawrence of the Veterans Benefits Administration to discuss how a smarter, cognitive-enabled government can better serve the nation's veterans. Along these lines, we've prepared four strategic breakout session tracks for ThinkGov participants. Depending on their interests and specific challenges, they may wish to hop from track to track, and we encourage that. Track one is about preparing for the unprecedented. Federal, state, local government agencies are starting to achieve some stability in their responses to COVID-19 crisis. But now is the time to ask ourselves, what can we learn from this crisis? How can we better prepare for the next wave of COVID? ThinkGov will feature several sessions on critical, relevant topics, including disaster recovery and response, as well as contract tracing and return to work. Track two at ThinkGov is about turbocharging government service. This track will include a discussion on workforce transformation, how some agencies are succeeding against the odds in recruiting and upskilling the talent they need, but also to build that resiliency in those skills so we can help enable that workforce of the future. And this track will also include content on transforming government services through blockchain, AI, and automation. Track three is all focused on government transformation hybrid clouds. Attendees will hear how many government agencies, such as the General Services Administration, NASA, and others have led the way in federal IT modernization and hybrid cloud strategies. When I talk about leading, I mean globally, having been exposed and worked with many governments around the world. The U.S. government initiatives are phenomenal, and they are really leading the way as we move forward in further incorporating some of these exponential technologies. So there's a lot to be proud of from a U.S. perspective. And finally, track four is all about addressing new cyber challenges. 
Cyber criminals have honed their schemes, unfortunately, to take advantage of the fear and uncertainty surrounding this pandemic. The sessions in this track will highlight the need to reevaluate security practices and policies in the current government. Throughout ThinkGov, we expect to drive new discussions around how government agencies can take some of the innovation lessons we've learned in recent months and lay a broader foundation for transforming government so that they're ready to meet future challenges. Well, that certainly sounds like a very impressive lineup of innovators. We're going to have to leave it there, though, today. Jay Bellissimo, thank you for joining us to share your perspective on innovation in government and some of the examples that you're seeing where that innovation is really taking root. Well, Wyatt, thank you very much. It was great to be here today. And to those listening, thank you for taking the time to join us for this preview of ThinkGov. And we hope you'll join us on July 1st. Registration is super easy. Just visit ibm.com slash thinkgov. Fantastic. And thanks to IBM, of course, for underwriting today's episode as well. Look for more of our coverage of IT modernization in government on fedscoop.com or subscribe to our FedScoop radio channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash, your host. Thanks for tuning in.